I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life Changing Wellness episode number 83. Today, we talk about feel good food with celebrity chef Jacqueline King, and it's time for another life changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life Changing Wellness. Life Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. Before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. My guest today is celebrity chef Jacqueline King. She is a graduate of the Professional Chef Program at the Natural Gourmet Institute and the Professional Plant-Based Cooking Course from Ruby Cooking School. She is a certified yoga teacher as well, and she has finished her first cookbook with her best friend, actress Abby Cornish, and is out right now by Abrams Books and is available on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. Also, her website, The Feel Good Kitchen, is a resource on delicious and healthy food and drink recipes, health and greener living, and all the ways we can take care and love ourselves, because that's where, it's all, where it all begins. So let's welcome our guest today, Chef Jacqueline King. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Well, I've got a question because I've, I've seen your cookbook. I've seen the title. So what is... Peskin or the Peskin style of eating? So Peskin, as we define it, um, is a whole food plant-based diet, but we also include seafood and optionally eggs. So it's really focused on a lot of vegetables, fruit, nuts, seeds, legumes, all of that wonderful stuff um, that are included in the plant-based diet. But then we also include those protein-rich ingredients. So why why did you include, let's say, the fish and the egg? And I know for protein purposes, but did you also focus on the fish maybe for the omega-3 content? Yes, exactly. Um, there are certain nutrients that you can't get from a purely plant-based diet without supplements. So there are you can take algae supplements and that kind of thing for the omegas. But as far as getting it from your food, um, fish does have those beneficial EPA and DHA omegas. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I love that because a lot of people, they, they think a seafood diet is tilapia, which I've kind of put in the whole category of bacon. But uh, <laughs> because there's healthier forms of fish out there. Uh, but I know that in your new book, The Peskin, a feel-good cookbook, I love the title, that you share your own personal food story. So how has your relationship with food evolved over the last few years? Well, it's evolved um, pretty dramatically, I would say. Um, I grew up eating a lot of processed food. Um, a treat would be to go to eat fast food and, um, what, I mean, you know, you would call it junk food, I guess. So it's <laughs> yeah. no surprise that I was overweight as a kid. And, um, then by the time I started high school, I was about to move into plus size clothing, which I didn't want to do. And I started dieting, but I didn't really know, um, anything about nutrition. There wasn't as much access 
there wasn't the internet <laughs> yet, for one thing. Um, and so I just started counting calories, and um, I did lose weight that way, but I was not focused at all on whether anything was healthy, how it made me feel, what I was uh, putting into my body. And um, I started working in fashion in high school as a model. And uh, in that industry, there's a lot of pressure to be very thin. And so I came to see food really, like a lot of women, a lot of young girls especially, I think do. I began to see food as the enemy. And so I was very restrictive in my eating. And um, by the time I was in my early 20s, I would say that I just didn't feel good. I didn't I didn't have enough energy. I was tired all the time. I started to have uh, panic attacks and mood swings and all of, all of these things. Um, so I started to talk to people about, I knew something had to change. And I started to talk to people um, who I kind of saw living their best life, um, friends, and asked for advice. And um, a friend of mine told me that I really should start doing yoga. And through that process, I began to be more in touch with uh, what was going on in my body, how that was making me feel. And that led me to get more interested in nutrition and cooking and learning how to cook. And the shift in my life was so dramatic um, just in how how much energy I had, how, how I felt even um, emotionally, I think, is something that we don't talk about a lot, but um, I think people are starting to become more interested and aware about how healthy eating can affect your mind also. Oh, um, absolutely. It's vitally really, important. I'm so passionate <laughs> about <laughs> good, healthy food and cooking and that kind of change in perspective for me is what made me want to share it with people and write this book. Well, see, I, I love that. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jacqueline said it. There is a strong correlation between the foods that we eat and then how mentally we're going to feel. If you're going to eat food that has no nutrition in it, your brain receives nothing in return and you're going to be depressed, irritable, frustrated, probably angry and lazy. Right. And then by eating foods that are full of life, well, the, the life comes right back to us. And I noticed that, uh, Jacqueline, you had gone to two different cooking schools. I know that the first one was uh, the professional chef program at the National Gourmet Institute, but also the professional plant-based cooking course at the Ruby Cooking School. Now, isn't Ruby the one that focuses more on technique? Um. They both focus on technique. Ruby is an online program, and it is completely plant-based. Um, they follow a similar curriculum. The difference with the natural gourmet is that, of course, it's in person, and you're working with professional chefs um, under their supervision. So it, with Ruby, you're doing all the cooking at home. Um, at NGI, it was a professional culinary school setting. Ah, good. Well, let me ask you this one. Now, I know that you wrote your new book with your best friend, actress Abby Cornish, and the two of you talk about the benefits of having a cooking buddy, liking it to having a fitness buddy uh, in the gym. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits of cooking with someone. 
Well, I think um, with as with most activities, if uh, if you have your friend there, your best friend or a family member that you that you like, <laughs> it's always going to be more fun, and the time just goes really quickly. And so, something um, that maybe takes a while to do on your own might it just is is more fun. I think if you get to hang out with your friend and and catch up and um, do something also productive together rather than just kind of lounging around or talking on the phone or catching up in that way. But you also learn from one another as well, correct? Oh, definitely. I mean, with my relationship with Abby, um, when we started cooking together, she was definitely a novice cook. She is an actress and she started traveling at a very young age for work when she was a teenager. And so she just never really learned basic cooking skills. Um, so in that way, I was her teacher. Um, she was very uh, excited to, to learn, a uh, very excited student. And um, she learned a lot really quickly, um, which not everyone is going to be in that position where one person is a lot more expert than the other. But I think everybody has, something that, whether it's a family recipe or something that they just like to make for, for someone else that they can share with, with friends. So it's a great thing for people. Well, knowing that you wrote the book uh, with, with Abby, um, by being in the kitchen together, what did she contribute um, by being in the kitchen with you to create this cookbook? Was it more of recipe ideas or did it become more of a, a lifestyle situation of, of, of cooking and eating correctly and then bringing your ideas together? Well, I guess the book came from those cooking lessons that, that we were doing together. So um, I think when you're learning a lot of information over a period of many years, and it just becomes so ingrained in what you do. You kind of take it for granted um, that you do have a lot of information to share. So working with somebody who didn't know that much about cooking and had an interest in nutrition, but um, maybe had done less research than I had, um, it made me it made me realize. That and and seeing her hearing her talk about how much her life had changed in learning how to do these things um, made me realize that oh this is information that probably a lot of people would like to know about. So and in the process of actually making the book, um, we did a lot of recipe testing together. We did discuss a lot of the ideas uh, about which recipes we wanted to include, which recipes we thought we used most on, we wanted to do a good mix of recipes that are kind of day-to-day, everyday cooking, how to make uh, whole grains, how to make beans from scratch, how to roast vegetables, steam vegetables, saute, all those real basic techniques. Um, But then also include the special occasion recipes that we uh, were starting to make together year after year, year, whether it was for the holidays or for a big uh, sporting event or things like that. You know, I, I love that. And it's, uh, you know, I think, you know, everybody's hooked on watching cooking on TV and everybody wants to, to cook like all of the, uh, 
the celebrity chefs out there. But what I love about your book is that you bring, again, you bring the basics back. You know, a lot of people may be watching all of these chefs on TV and they want to do those things, but there's some of the, 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 the beginning steps they don't understand. And you really simplify it. It's easy to understand. And, you know, we have to crawl before we can walk and then before we can run. And I think everybody needs basic cooking skills because for me, I get sick and tired of seeing millions upon millions of people eat at restaurants every night of the week. And now we have a country full of obesity. And by learning basic cooking skills, which is in your book, and ladies and gentlemen, this is a cookbook you have to have in your in your kitchen library. Because if, if you're trying to teach uh, your friend or maybe you're trying to teach your kids basic cooking skills, this is a perfect place to begin. And, and I love that, uh, Jacqueline, that you, you put that in there because once we learn those things, then I believe that cooking becomes a lot more fun. And I could imagine, you know, with Abby in the very beginning, being in the kitchen with you, she didn't really know a whole lot or what to do, but as time went on, she got really excited, didn't she? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And she's even interned at really amazing Michelin star restaurants at this point. So she's, she's gone from zero to 60 in just a few years. But I really appreciate you saying that because that was definitely one of my big targets with, with the book is to start at the very beginning. So if somebody really has even never cooked before, they can learn those basics. And that's, that's even what they do in culinary school. In the programs that I did, that's where you start with. You start at square one before you can build on that. And, and then I'm sure, and I'm, you could definitely tell us, and I'm sure in the cooking schools that if someone was interested in cooking and they're doing things at home, and then finally they take the plunge and say, okay, I'm going to go to school and do this for real, they're also correcting, let's say, poor form or maybe things they were doing and didn't realize they were doing them wrong. And... Uh, and really just straightening it, you know, getting people on the right track. So basically, if you go to cooking school, they would, and you said square one, it's almost like going in there pretending not to know anything, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, not everyone has made everything. And especially today when we don't, it's not common for people to make everything from scratch. So somebody, yes, may have cooked with beans before, but only have cooked with canned beans. Right, which can can beans are great in for a lot of applications, but it's a lot less expensive, and you can also control how much salt and everything you're putting in when you're making things from scratch. Um, so these are great skills to have. You know, I love that because you bring up you bring up you, 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 <laughs> well, you bring up a pet peeve of mine, and that's salt. And, you know, I know canned foods are extremely high in salt. And, and again, you bring up the point of by learning from scratch, you can control the the type of things that you put in with those foods to even make them healthier. Oh, definitely. And I think when you look at labels, even something not on the front might look like it's really healthy and natural. And then you turn around and there's like 50 ingredients in it, whether it's preservatives or colors or different even things that say natural flavorings aren't necessarily what we would think of natural because they're created in a lab. They're not just essential. <laughs> yeah. that kind of 
right? I gotcha. Well, I love your concept of kitchen zen, that cooking can help bring more mindfulness into your day. How? Well, I think when you are cooking, you really, by the nature of the activity, have to use all of your senses, right? You're, I mean, we all know how good a home-cooked meal smells when it's cooking, so that's one thing, but you also have to keep an eye on what you're doing. You have to listen to certain sound cues, right, like when a pan is sizzling hot. Um, so just using your senses in that way does help you stay present. And in that way, it can be a form of, of meditation or have at least a kind of meditative quality to it, which is um, can be just so relaxing. I think we have a lot of people selling us stuff that want us to think that cooking is like this horrible task that we have to do that we should dread, right? And, oh, they'll take care of that for us. But actually, it can be this wonderful, creative experience. And also, there's something really nice about putting your own physical energy into something that you're then sharing with your friends, that you're then sharing with your family. We talk a lot, and it might sound a little bit cheesy, but I really I really feel connected to it that you're, you're putting love into that food and you're sharing that with people. And that's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Well, yeah. And at the same time, you're also, you're creating, you're, you're building something. And if there's other people in the house, you're getting to, to share that with other people. And you said something that, wow, just really hit me so hard. And today's society treats cooking like a chore. But at the same time, we treat it like a chore, like, oh, my gosh, I got to go in the kitchen and cook. Oh, I got to go make something to eat. But then it's the same people sitting in front of the TV, watching the Food Network and raving about their favorite cooking shows. But they hate walking into the kitchen. I like the I like the fact that you are. Yeah, I like the fact that you're bringing in bringing this to us that we can learn the basic skills. We can get excited about the things that we can cook in the kitchen, even if it's just something simple. I, I may remember, I still remember the time that I pulled out Jada's recipe for tiramisu, and I made it exactly like she did, and I was so proud of myself because it tasted right. so great. And, uh, you know, I've pulled out a couple of things from Martha Stewart and thinking, okay, that may be a little bit of a challenge, So, but let me see if I can do it. And I did it, and I was happy. And so there's things that it's just a sense of accomplishment. But what I, wanna, what I want you to do for us right now is I want you to share with us some of your favorite feel-good ingredients. Where can we find them, and how do you like to use them? So the one of the first one that I really want to start off to ask you what are the what are your favorite oils to cook with and why? Um, I mostly use just olive oil and I use coconut oil for higher heat applications. Um, I think that now I'm I'm not a nutritionist, so you, you might <laughs> tell me more, but um <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I am so I I am and I can help you. <laughs> <laughs> but from from the research that I've done, those are the best oils to cook with. Um, so I think some oils can oxidize in an unhealthy way at certain temperatures, and even with olive oil, you have to be a little bit careful with that. Um, but yes, please tell me more. 
Well, you know, first of all, I believe that olive oil uh, should be kept under 200 degrees because you don't want to destroy it. I think it's a great dipping oil. Um, I, be, I do oh, agree with you. I do agree with you on the coconut. That is a high heat oil. Uh, I know make macadamia nut oil is high heat. And now a lot of people seem to be getting into the kick of the avocado oil. But I want to hear what are your favorite ingredients that you like to use? Well, when we talk about feel-good ingredients in the book, what we did is we profiled each in each recipe one ingredient. And the reason we did that is because when we first started writing it, we were trying to talk about the nutrition in the recipes. But if you have a recipe that has, say, 10 ingredients and it's many vegetables and herbs and a whole grain, each of those ingredients has amazing nutrients that are nourishing for your body. So it started to seem like kind of a nutrition textbook instead of a, a cookbook. So so we decided to just pick one ingredient in each recipe and talk about highlight the nutrition in that. And so what's great about that is that we can talk about, I mean, a feel-good ingredient can be things that we think are as really commonplace, like carrots or celery or garlic um, has amazing medicinal and antibacterial properties. Um, but then we do also talk about those uh, foods that are considered more superfoods, like spirulina and chia seeds and uh, cacao and those kind of things also. And as far as where to get it, I, I love to shop seasonally. I'm blessed to live in Southern California where we have farmer's markets all year round. So um, I love to just go and look at what looks fresh and as far as produce goes and uh, create a meal around that. Well, see, I like that because, you know, the correct way of eating is to eat foods according to season. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that. And I learned this from Dr. Elson Haas because he wrote a book, I mean, a thousand page book based on eating foods in season. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we do that now and why we should do that now is because we, the, the United States actually produces pesticides that are banned uh, here, but we ship those pesticides to foreign countries who then spray their crops and we import that food back to us. So by, right. in, yeah, so by going to a farmer's market like, like you do, Jacqueline, that helps to, uh, helps us to learn what foods are in season and to work with those foods each and every season to create new recipes. I love that. And I also love the fact that your book, in a way, is a part of a nutritional guide because we need to know the health benefits of the foods that we're preparing in the kitchen because that just adds to it even more because it's not just going into the kitchen to create a dish. It's knowing that this is going to nourish our body, nourish our mind, help us to feel better, keep us healthy. But I also like the whole point of the creativity of being in the kitchen. It's just something that you just really can't uh, compare to anything else because there's yeah. so there's so many foods out there. So, uh, and I like the fact that you also brought up the the, the superfoods and uh, people need to learn those things and to expand. Uh, the foods that they eat and not just keep with the basic food groups. There's so much more out there. There's so many more flavors to, to enjoy and to discover. What are some of your favorite foods based on flavor? Let me just ask you that. 
Well, I really love looking to ethnic cuisines for inspiration. Um, I My grandfather was from Mexico, so I do love Mexican cuisine. And that isn't just one thing, right? There are a lot of different, different regional variations in, in Mexican cuisine. But also um, Ethiopian, looking at the wonderful chickpea stews that they have, um, Middle Eastern food, uh, these foods that incorporate a lot of flavor through spice um, without having to add a lot of extra oils or, um, you know, fried fried foods or, or that kind of thing, um, but just adding those spices that actually have health benefits but add a, a ton of fragrance and uh, flavor. Well, what are, I understand, and... Uh... You have a great website, by the way, and oh. I know I know that your website, uh, the Feel Good Kitchen, uh, you have a lot of recipes on there, and you also have drink recipes. Uh, how did you get into that? Was that just part of the offshoot um, of cooking? As far as the smoothies and that kind of thing. Uh, yes, actually. I mean, do you do you actually do you do smoothies in the morning like a lot of us do? I do. I do, especially when it's warmer, when it's warmer out. I um I love fresh smoothies and I think it's just a really great way to get a lot of nutrients into your body very quickly. <laughs> um especially when during a busy time. So for example, when I was in culinary school, I was actually pregnant also and um I would have a smoothie every day and incorporate a little bit of uh, plant protein in that avocado for healthy fats. Um, and I also would put blackstrap molasses for an extra little bit of um, calcium and iron and um, just kind of thought about what nutrients I needed more of being pregnant and made up a smoothie based on that. So that's another thing I think if you're um, having any kind of uh, issues with immunity or blood pressure or that kind of thing. It's we we all have the power now to go online and research which nutrients are beneficial to those conditions, and then try to incorporate more of those into our diet. See, I I, I like that, Jacqueline, because you the moment you said black strap molasses and told us why you use something like that, that sounds so old school to me because I remember. Those days when we would take blackstrap molasses for the calcium content, for the iron content. You know, we wouldn't go take iron pills. So if you were anemic or, you, or if a woman needed a little bit of iron every day, molasses was the cure to that. And, and I love that. And uh, you actually sound wiser than your years. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm very impressed. And your your cookbook is absolutely amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is already towards the end of March, and her her book, her and Abby's book, has already been out. Uh, you need to pick it up now. Where can everybody get the cookbook? Oh, I, okay, Amazon and Barnes and Noble, correct? And Barnes and Noble, it's available for pre order right now, actually, and it comes out on March, yeah, twenty sixth. Okay, fantastic. And uh, anything that you would like? Oh, well, let me ask you this one question because I always love asking chefs. This type of question. What is your favorite des dessert to prepare? I love poached pears. Um, they are just so elegant. They look 
they look um, maybe a little fancier than they are as far as how much uh, technique or preparation they require. And um, I like that they are light at the end of a meal, but still, but still really flavorful. Wow. I was always going to think that you were going to say chocolate. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love chocolate. I love chocolate, dark chocolate any time of day. doesn't have to be dessert. So. There, there you go. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, chocolate. I'm a ha- I'm a happy woman. Yeah, I, I always think that chocolate is God's gift to man. So uh, to me, that's the ultimate dessert. But uh, I, I like the way you think. The poached pears is healthy. It's tasty. It's in the book, though. <laughs> there you go. And thank you, Jacqueline, for coming onto the program, sharing us uh, your insights on your brand new uh, cookbook, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, you need to check this cookbook out. Uh, and it's called Peskin, the Feel Good Cookbook. Look for it. Uh, written by celebrity chef Jacqueline King, uh, also with her friend, actress Abby Cornish. Looked it up. You've got to get it. Believe me, my the thing that I love about this book most of all is that it teaches us the basics to start beginning to have that love of cooking, being in the kitchen, getting creative, and sharing it with all of your friends. So ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds, rate the show on iTunes, please give it five stars. And thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And now you can download our show on Spotify. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. You can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. I want to thank you again for listening to Life-Changing Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Ward Bond. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.